Oh my goodness, episode six, the dregs again so soon. Man, quick turnaround, guys. We're killing it. I'm still feeling it from that last yeah, one. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a pretty big one. We all are, man. <laughs> but uh, Maybe too quick of a turnaround. Yeah, it's 2021, everybody. Happy New Year. Um, it's, it's great starting a new year, start fresh. I mean, it's only been a few weeks since the last episode, but there's big changes. I have to say a massive congratulations to Chris, who became engaged since the last episode. Congrats, buddy. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. And um, now I'm the most eligible bachelor of the dregs. So uh, that's the... (laughs) I don't know if that's a title I really want to have, but... (laughs) If you can send your applications to be Aaron's suitor... Uh, to the Thunderdog at the Dregs. Is that the Yeah, yeah, Thunderdog at Dregs.br, yeah. I mean, Luke, yeah, could, Luke, and could, I will take a look Luke could be the love we'll... guru here of the Dregs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all just, we're just growing an audience here so that we can do our own version of The Bachelor. That's what this is all about. Totally. And speaking of our audience, uh, we're ticking a big box off of our core audience, which is mostly parents in Quinnell. And uh, joining us on the show today is friend of my podcast and friend of Chris and now friend of Luke's after the interview is uh, Aaron, the head brewer of Barkerville Brewing up in Quinnell. So really looking forward to that interview. Very stoked for this. And uh, in other big news, Luke, somebody else moved into your place. Yeah, we just got two new kittens from a shelter uh, just last week, and it is absolute mayhem. I had, we had a cat for a long time, an adult cat. Things were amazing. Things were great. We were all on the same page. Kittens live in their own life. They're, yeah. So I'm just living in their world now. S- picking up shit out of the litter box literally every half an hour. Well, what are they eating every half hour then to like? <laughs> yeah, what are you eating? I have no idea. This is my first time with kittens and they are just crap machines. They just keep going one after another. They're just like, you know, passing the baton, <laughs> high-fiving. because One exits the litter box and another one, another one, one goes in. One in, one out. And, yeah, all right. Yeah. They're just high-fiving as they go by <laughs> each other. But yeah, it's they're they're hilarious. They're great, but it's uh, it's a lot more overwhelming than I thought. But we'll get through it. I think they'll they'll settle down. But yeah, they're they're cool. New little additions. All right. Well, I don't think uh, we should keep her waiting any longer. How about we bring on our first guest remotely? That'd be Aaron from Barkerville Brewing. All right, joining us now on the Drakes, uh, only our second guest, but I mean, this is episode six, so, um, but it's our first remote guest, such as COVID times. Uh, joining us is Aaron from Barkerville. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, you know, I really wish I could have been up there over the summer having your beer, but um, was fortunate enough to get some care packages back thanks to our resident Quinnell correspondent, Chris. So thanks for sending some beers down, Aaron. <laughs> Excellent. I'm just That's a glorified excellent. beer mule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, we, how things been going since, uh, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic for Barkerville? I saw it when I was um, back uh, the last few times I've been back. I saw you guys were expanding the patio and we've seen on Instagram that you guys looks like you have a winterized patio now, which is, is pretty, pretty badass. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They put some uh, one of the local tree planting companies lent us their tent, which is really neat. Very cool of them and got us some heaters. So those went up. I mean, your tent is rivaling Michael's there at three ranges, right? I mean, up north, you guys have some pretty kick ass tents for outside. Some pretty cool tents. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty lights and all that. And actually, the weather has been unseasonably warm and people were sitting on the patio today, not in the tents. It was like seven degrees. Well, I know like uh, over the summer up north there, um, like there was a lot of rain. Did you guys get that at all in, in Quinnell? Uh, yes, that's pretty much all we got this summer was rain. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess the warm weather is, is is a nice, it makes up for the fact that you were wet all summer. It's like the first patio weather we've had all year. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all that people in Quinnell are hanging out and like on a patio in seven degree weather. No, it was gorgeous. Actually, it was sunny and the snow's melting and the days are getting longer. And basically it feels like spring, which I know it's not, but it's pretty nice right now. I'll take it. 
So what's what's the capacity um, that you guys have now with with those uh, with those tents set up outside? Oh, I should know. I, maybe maybe sixty. That's pretty I solid. I honestly don't know. Yeah, it's pretty good. I know they definitely have been turning people away on Thursday and Friday nights, but I I think it's more turning away people to outside, not just the inside's definitely been full, which is awesome. It's it's nice to see people coming out. Got to support local during these times. So yeah, for sure. We've definitely slowed down a bit. You know, the new year, everybody in their dry Januaries. And uh, <laughs> so it's been slow since Christmas, but that's to be expected, I think. And with the warm weather, we definitely had some people out. We'll see what, what the weather brings us. You're one of my favorite brewers in the province. I have like, it's, you're always making very, very solid beers. Um, oh. And my favorite being... Wandering Camel, but like, is that really your favorite beer to brew or what, what's a favorite beer of yours that you like to make? Mm, that's a good, well, <laughs> well, because I the actually, one that knocked it off the park for me really was, um, was your uh, beer made for women. What's the story behind that? And, and, uh, and how did that beer come about? Oh, the Aunt Florence that was, it started, um, kind of as a sort of as a joke, just because we had so many women working, um here at the time and we thought it'd be nice to have a beer instead of a tylenol once a month to kind of you know ease up on the cramps or whatever else is going on so it kind of took about three years to really end up being a beer but we, we thought it'd be neat to have a pms beer and then we were joking around with you know slang terms and we decided we wanted to call it aunt florence and then we actually found a woman um, who lived in Barkerville in the 1860s and 70s who was amazing. And her name was Florence Wilson. We decided to name it after her, but that's why the beer kind of took so long because once it became named after a real person, I was scared that it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't do her justice, really. And we decided to make a gruet, like an older style, uh, no-hopped like no hops in the beer and put like uh, botanicals that are harvested around here, Bureau, some pineapple weed, with, like chamomile, um, rose hips and juniper branches, just because I know a lot of historical beers have had juniper branches in it for uh, to keep things sanitary. And I don't know, we did a test batch for an ale trail dinner and it was fairly well received. And so we did one large batch last year for International Women's Day. and. I, you know, it's not a beer that you're going to drink four of, but I, I enjoyed making it and I enjoyed drinking one from time to time. It's a little bit different than, you know, like your average pale ale. It's kind of amber colored, mm -hmm. a nice red <laughs> to keep on the theme and, um, you know, a little bit herbal, but not over the top medicinal. I feel like anyway, yeah, that was fun. I, I found it extremely well balanced for oh, good. You know, not having any hops in it at all. Right. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked that. That was, yeah, it was fun. I'd like to do more, you know, more locally based beer, but I guess we'll just see how that goes. Aaron, you mentioned uh, kind of foraging for ingredients like juniper and yarrow and whatnot. Yeah. I noticed you have some chaga in this prescription porter. Can you tell us kind of where you get that and where you got that idea to bring in that sort of mushroom spin onto it? Well, I've heard that you're a mushroom guy, so I am also a mushroom guy. So nice. I love mushrooms. Yeah. Oh, so a couple I, fun guys here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I know. So this one caught my eye when I, when I, I picked it up and I, I listened to the uh, Aaron's other podcast episode with you and you kind of uh, mentioned your tree planting background and kind of, you know, being in the woods here and there. So yeah, if you could tell us a bit more about that and, sort of where you got your inspiration with um, with chaga and where you like to bring sort of your locally sourced material into your beer. Yeah, well, the, honestly, the chaga beer, when the former brewer left, that was the first thing I wanted to make. We'd been, uh, my partner and I had been in Quebec and we had a chaga beer there. It wasn't, you know, probably the freshest. It wasn't a great, it, it just wasn't a great example of a tasty beer. And I think it probably was just old. But I thought it was really neat that there was chaga in there. And, you know, the medicinal qualities in chaga can be, if you boil chaga, some of those components are accessed. And also people put it in uh, alcohol and make a tincture out of it. So I thought to put the chaga in the boil and then put it in the fermenter, 
even though there's not enough alcohol really to um, get those compounds out, but it's still kind of how you, people use chaga. So I just, that's what I wanted to do with it. And I wanted, I don't even honestly remember. I just wanted to make a chaga beer and chocolate and chili and chaga sounded fun. And our like running name for it was the cha-cha-cha, which nice. obviously is not what we called it. But <laughs> <laughs> So uh, just a question about the chaga flavor. Do you find that it gives any flavor to it or it's kind of in there specifically for, you know, the medicinal purposes and, and things like that? I would say there is like a slight kind of woody, earthy flavor. It is not at all prominent, but I've never made that beer without it. So I can't say for sure. But I, I do think that there is a bit of like just kind of at the back of your throat what it's very subtle but it does seem to affect fermentation which i find pretty interesting like that beer doesn't um it doesn't the yeast doesn't attenuate the same way it does it, it's the same yeast i use for lots of beer and so it should um attenuate a lot further than it does which i and it's very consistent it just doesn't finish at the same uh, gravity as like so my first batch um was a little bit lower alcohol than i thought it was going to be after that we've kind of adjusted but um yeah that's kind of neat and i can't help but wonder what what's going on in that tank between the yeast and the chaga duking it out in there yeah <laughs> and what what the kind of form is this chaga and is it a powder or are you getting it and i guess for the listeners uh, if you're not familiar with chaga, it's kind of like a big scab that grows on a tree. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you made it. You make it sound so attractive, Luke. Yeah. It, it is not attractive. <laughs> it is kind of when it the outside of it's all black and like scabby looking, like uh, like a bar, like black bark. But when you take it off the tree, the inside is all orange and golden and. Sometimes it's uh, more brittle than others, but like if you stick a chisel in the orange part, it, it kind of holds it like really dense foam. And I just, I harvested it just in my neighborhood where we used to live. So I, unfortunately it all got logged in that area. So I don't have any, I have like a little bit more in a bag at work and that's, now I'm on the hunt for more chaga, <laughs> but um, I just smash it. <laughs> Basically <laughs> I weigh a chunk and then I hit it with a mallet and I put it in a, a hot bag. It's it's not elegant. I, yeah, I just beat it up. <laughs> no, it sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I pull the bag out of the boil, and while I'm cooling into the fermenter, I open the door and chuck it in there, which is always very stressful because like the fermenter fills up fast. You open the door and you can see the beer coming in, and you're like, oh god. <laughs> but so far, so good. So. <laughs> and another beer that I am a big fan of that you make is the high stakes Imperial IPA. I, I picked up a, a four pack of that when I was back home and just absolutely love it. I just, I, I think it's the weather too, like it being colder and uh, yeah. kind of in Vancouver, just in the rain all the time. But I've been craving those higher percentage beers and the Imperial IPA is is a perfect one. So yeah, do you want to tell us maybe a bit behind how, how high stakes uh, came to life? Okay, I'm going to be brutally honest. We put that beer out right after um, the former brewer left, and he had half a recipe lying around, and I really didn't um, know much about uh, recipe development, and we hired a consultant, and he asked me what hops I wanted to use, and so basically that recipe is a collaboration between um, our consultant who was super great. His name is Bill Herdman and Troy, our former brewer and me. So it's kind of like a collaboration that I don't even know if Troy knows he participated in. It was <laughs> <laughs> his parting, his parting gift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was, uh, and it was for a third anniversary, but it stuck around. It's, I like that beer too. And I actually really enjoyed a lot more in a can now that we've moved it over. It seems like a more reasonable size. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 500 mil versus 650 for, for an 8% yeah. beer. I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah, exactly. I drank so much more of it. Like I basically never drank it when it was in bombers. It was just too much of a commitment, but definitely had a few. Well, and then uh, like, yeah, but like these are beers that we're trying here that, uh, we get the taste for it. And I'm, I'm excited because, uh, I finally get to taste the beer that I threw, threw a curveball at you. 
Um, uh, it's the one in eight beer. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, what, what did you do? Because, um, I, I did an episode with my friends at CLS farms and Yakima Valley hops. They had this fundraiser for breast cancer awareness of a special hop that, um, that they made available. And they basically just put it out to breweries and said, here, like do this, you know, as a fundraiser thing. And I said, well, why don't I call Erin and see if she's into this? And you're like, what kind of hop is it? And then, and then you just kind of went from there. So what, what did you end up doing, um, with, with the hop? Yeah, I used that hop in the kettle and in the fermenter twice. So like a double dry hop. Yeah, that was awesome, by the way. I really appreciate that, that, that you, uh, um, let me know about that. And it worked out. We managed to squeeze that batch in, <laughs> uh, just kind of <laughs> like on the fly. And yeah, it's a session kind of session IPA, pretty fruity, low ABV. Yeah. Because the, because the, um, tasting characteristics here that they said on the triumph hop, which is the pop that they put out was, um, like fruity characteristics and bubble gum. Like, did, did you get a lot of, do you find a lot of bubble gum in the beer or, or I, no? No, no, I okay. didn't, I didn't, but, okay. but that's okay. Yeah. No, like I'm, I was worried about it being like really <laughs> sweet. So no, it's, it, it's not sweet. It's, we actually, I think are mostly the cans are the, like flew off the shelf, which is great because it's a fundraiser. We still have a bit on, I think we have a couple kegs left just because, well, tap rooms have been a bit slow. So, but um, yeah, that actually, that beer, there's a, there's a quite a few people who are disappointed that it's gone. So I guess that's, that's Uh-oh. a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And um, can, and what charity did, um, did you guys end up supporting um, with the funds raised from it? Um, well, we purchased the hops from Yakima Valley Hops and they were donating the proceeds from those hops to Wellness House of Yakima, which is like a housing and support group for people with cancer. And then we also wanted to do, I reached out and made sure it was okay because I didn't want to be stepping on toes, but we wanted to donate proceeds more locally as well. And so we ended up donating to BC Cancer because that basically is was kind of the only way to do it. Yeah, they were pretty excited to have that happen. And it's going to end up being, I think, around 1200 bucks, which is not nothing. So I was pretty mm. pleased with how quickly that all came together. And again, like I was really happy you reached out because that was like, we got the label, we got the labels donated, which was awesome. Maestro donated those. And then, yeah, it was, yeah, that all came together very quickly. <laughs> and and behind the name too, uh, for listeners that uh, might not have heard that episode, one in eight um, is referring to the fact that one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. So uh, one of the owners of CLS Farms, she is a breast cancer survivor and that, that's how the whole project came about. So, I mean, thanks for making the beer and also thanks for raising some money for, you know, breast cancer awareness. Awesome initiative. Yeah, it was really Great. I hope to do it again next year. With a little more planning and heads up this time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That yeah. will be great, actually, <laughs> to know it's coming. <laughs> Speaking of uh, what's coming, what's uh, in the works? What's coming? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, in terms of, yeah, beers and, and what do you have maybe in the works? Uh, re-releases or, or kind of any new recipes you've got on the go? We just put out our winter ale. It's kind of, it's a brown ale base with uh, orange peel, vanilla beans, ginger. Again, I get to smash that with a hammer. Nice. Which is very satisfying. Yeah. And molasses. And, you know, it's like standard ABV, not super sweet. Got a little bit of spiciness and it's pretty tasty. And that's actually available down there. All over the province, which is nice because we don't really ship so much anymore. So we we have the winter ale down there. We have stout down there. And we have a beer in a mix pack that's coming out through Qantas and Prince George. And I'm not really allowed to say much about it. So I'll just have to leave you hanging. Just, check, yeah, just check our socials here for a big <laughs> yeah. announcement coming in. Huge leak coming. Yeah. I will say it's a style beer we've never made. Uh, with the yeast I've never used and it was very fun and I want to make it again. 
And I will say, yeah, so that that's in a taster pack and I'm hosting a virtual event to taste those beers uh, on the 29th of January. So details on how to order a pack soon so you can uh, join in on the fun virtually. I'm definitely going to order that. Aaron, are you canning and bottling more beer because of COVID or have you, is it kind of been same old business as usual compared to other years? We canned so much beer. <laughs> uh, so much beer. That's, yeah, we canned a lot of beer. And then, you know, when things opened up again, it got closer to normal, still heavier on the package product for sure. And now currently we are canning more beer, like not, not at all like we were in the spring, but it seems like up here anyway, I don't know, I can't speak for the rest of the province, but it does seem like keg sales, like people just aren't really going out. So keg sales have slowed down a lot. So we're back to package products. So, which is fine. And uh, speaking of your package product, I think uh, we should give a shout to our mutual friend here, Steve, who has done a great job on revamping a lot of your labels. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Big, big shout out to Steve. It's been a game changer having somebody do our labels again. You know, like we started off with a very particular look Mm -hmm. and branding and the original artist just uh, really wasn't doing that anymore. And so we've had a couple of people design a couple labels, but we were all over the place. And now we have somebody who's doing our labels again, the way that they were in the beginning, but like, he's great. Yeah. He just he's did a great. refresh of, um, of your Porter, right? Um, I don't know about the Porter he's done. He did the, the stout. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was thinking. 52 of, yeah. foot yeah. stout, right? Yeah. Yeah. 52 foot stout. Yeah. That the, label looks awesome. It yeah, it looks great with a little flame is actually colored, and yeah. we're actually coming out pretty quick. The camel will be um, labels Ooh. instead of sleeves, Ooh. so it's got a, a revamp and the hound as well. We got that is it, everything's making its way to labels. So as they make their way to labels, he's kind of tweaking them a little bit. So that's pretty exciting. And I think the first one he did for you was the sluice juice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's great. Still one of my favorite labels to date with all those apricots and peaches going down the slough. So. Yeah, exactly. It's a great, it's a great label. And the color too, it's just, it pops for sure. What's uh, your favorite beer that you are brewing for Barkerville right now? I guess two, huh? two questions. What, what's your favorite one to brew? But also what's your favorite one if, if you're going to sit down and after your shift, um, after brewing all day and, and have a pint uh, in the tasting room, what are, what are you grabbing? Mm-mm. Right now, today, if I were to have a pint in the tasting room, I would have the Gansfeld Schwartz beer. Oh, that's so good. Um, that's a delicious beer. And that's a new release, right? This year? Yeah. I think it came out, it might have actually come out a lot. It's hard to remember. I've brewed it three or four times. And it okay. just kind of when it fits in the schedule is pretty much when I brew it. If we've got room and we don't have any Gansfeld, then I get to brew it, which is perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like that one right now. And to brew, it depends on the day. Sometimes sluice juice is my favorite because there's basically there's no kettle hops. <laughs> so it gives me a huge chunk of the afternoon to get other things like to be very organized. So the hops go in right at flame out and that's it. Um, so it's easy. <laughs> no mallet involved in that one though, right? No mallet. It's true. The mallet is fun. Actually, winter <laughs> ale is fun purely for like you smash the ginger and it, it's like, there's like seven kilos of ginger in that. And it's, <laughs> <Holy. laughs> yeah. So I put it in a big Rubbermaid and hit it with a mallet and there's ginger everywhere. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> It's a fun way to spend an afternoon. Yeah. And you smell good too. At the end of the day, you got orange peel juice on you and ginger. It's, it's great. I love that one. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Aaron, uh, for your time. And I mean, can't wait until we can freely travel again amongst the province oh, because, you know, too. definitely need to get back up there and be in your tasting room again and enjoying all these beers fresh. So 100%. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming so, on. Uh, yeah. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Big thank you to Aaron from Barkerville. Thanks for so much for your time. Can't wait to go up there again, man. I mean, when we can travel. Absolutely. Going to be one of my first stops. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you have family there, so 
Yeah, I'll stop there first, but but then down to Barkerville. <laughs> well, no, I thought you stop at Barkerville first, pick up beers, and then take them to your parents' place. You know, like, hey, Dad, brought you some beers. I think I've used that excuse before. Uh, I don't know if I can pull it off again. <laughs> Roll into town and then show up at your parents three days later. Actually, now that my dad is officially the northern BC correspondent for Van Pours. This is because I got him a Van Pours hat for Christmas. Usually I, I can roll up now to my parents' house and he's just got the beer on deck already from Barkerville waiting in the fridge for me. It's kind of, it's it's, it's part of his uh, job description. So, And in the right. wintertime, they're just out on the back porch, right? So you just grab one on the porch on the way in through the back door? Well, as, as Aaron said in the episode, it's actually not been that cold in Quinell mm. so far this winter, right? We got people sitting on the patio out there at the brewery already, which is pretty crazy, but I mean... It's only seven degrees. I mean, that's short season, man. So basically patio. <laughs> I remember as a kid, like there, it would be snowing out. And like, I, I've had some of my neighbors that'd be walking to school in shorts. So like people in Quinell keep it real. I mean, there's always that person at school, right? Like I do remember there the is. kid that always wore shorts year round with sandals yeah. to school. Chris, were you ever the shorts kid? No, no. I, I was a total wimp. I remember, uh, I remember I, I, I thought, you know what, I'll get a pair of those ripped jeans because I think those are cool in, in high school. And about a week into wearing them, walking to the bus in like minus 20 weather, I'm like, mom, you got to sew a patch on these jeans. I can't do this anymore. It's too cold. <laughs> That's a new look. Uh, ripped, bought ripped jeans with patches on them. Well, it was like, it was like sewn on the inside, right? So it was like <laughs> kind of discreet. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't setting any, uh, any new trends. I don't think with that one. I don't think that stuck around. Did you pick like khaki fabric so it like looked like Ooh, it was I skin color? <laughs> I should have done something cool. Maybe camo. <laughs> well, uh, let's open a beer, huh? Um, let's start with a one and eight from Barkerville. Uh, what are you guys thinking of this beer? I think it's great. I, it's super sort of, you know, citrusy, fruity to me. And um, I think it was uh, in the last episode I described liking fruity beers. So, I mean, not that it's a fruity beer, but I, I, I like it's not I love a that fruited citrusy. beer, but it has fruity characteristics to it. Yeah, yeah I'm just digging myself into a hole here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I really like the um, it's got a super light finish on the end, which is really nice. Yeah, light finish. Um, it's actually like for a light beer, like the the hops are, are pretty noticeable, right? And it's got a pretty solid body as too. I know when we were chatting with Aaron a bit, like Luke, you mentioned that it's actually darker than kind of you expected an ISA to be. Yeah. What is it? It's 3.8%, right? I was expecting it to come out super light. And I mean, it has that light finish, but Chris, like you said, that flavor up front is, you know, you get quite a bit of those bitter notes from the hops and it's a pretty full mouth of flavor in the beginning there, but it finishes off really nice and light. I will say I'm envious of you too, because I am in the midst of my dry January. So I have the beers in my fridge. We're ready to go and cannot wait. We're just to... rubbing this in Aaron's face. I know. Just like having some beers right in front of him. He's just got to ask us about them. I mean, you at home are listening on a podcast, but we actually see each other on a video call as we're taping this. And like, man, the color looks good on that. Mm. Yeah, I could, I could go for that right now. <laughs> Should we describe the smell? Well, you did. It's very aromatic and yeah, this one's great. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, yeah, like, like, well, as Barkerville Aaron said, a lot of people liked it and, uh, it's a one-off, but like, you know, hopefully, uh, she gets to do it again. And you know, that's, that's, that's also kind of a, a challenge too, right? Like I've had one of these like great one-off beers that are made for a special event or a fundraiser or something. And, and then you have it and you're like, wow, this is a really good beer. Can you please make this year round? And they're like, oh, <laughs> as a brewery, right? I just noticed something on the label that is awesome. They've got kind of like the batch stamp mm -hmm. on the bottom right of the label. And it says F asterisk asterisk K cancer. So fuck cancer. Yeah. A nice sneaky little addition in there. Very on brand, obviously, for the beer, but seriously, fuck cancer. Um, this is an awesome cause. Like, so stoked that they did something to raise funds um, for the BC Cancer Foundation. And um, Aaron mentioned some of the uh, other causes that's supporting as well. But yep. craft beer, like, we enjoy drinking it. We enjoy talking about it. Like, there's so many great things about the community. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like, how is it impacting the community beyond just being great beer and bringing people together, like amplifying their impact, um, giving through, back through like, exactly yeah. through foundations like this is so I feel like at the heart of, of what craft beer does and, and big beer doesn't. So yeah, that's maybe a bit of a 
shot at big beer. I'm, I'm sure they raise funds too, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, they don't sponsor this podcast. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden Heineken sliding in the DM. Yeah. <laughs> Delete. But uh, yeah, no, like that. Yeah, the idea just came to me like literally after I taped the episode with uh, Yakima Valley Hops and CLS Farms who were behind the hop for for the project. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is a breast cancer thing. I need to call up the basically all women run brewery in the province. And Barkerville actually do, um, because of the mustache is their logo, they actually do a, a beer in November for Movember. And so Aaron's just like, yeah, why aren't we doing a breast cancer beer? And away we went and she made that beer. So they're covering both bases. Doing both. That's legit. Yeah. So Luke, you'd pick a four pack of that up easily if uh, oh, you for saw sure. it on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Now I'm really curious to get your feedback on this mushroom beer. Yeah. Let's crack it open. Mm-hmm. And I will say once again, for, for you at home that cannot see, we are all in our separate locations, uh, socially distanced. So there's a commitment here because they're opening bombers now. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is. This is dangerous, but hey, if we if we could survive Chris's crazy idea of three imperial beers on a Sunday night, followed by a shot, I think I think we're pretty good to accomplish anything now with this podcast. So, yeah, we're we're I think we're invincible now. Yeah. All right, Luke. Sensory overload. What are you What are you seeing? What are you smelling? Definite chocolate right off the bat. Predominantly chocolate smell. I think. Mm-hmm. Super dark little bit ahead chocolate as well some chocolate <laughs> nice <laughs> I, I don't know about you but I, I get the chili right when you're when you're taking a sip like when you're bringing in the the beer with a little bit of air in your mouth you get the chili like a light chili flavor up front then it goes i actually get it on the aftertaste really and like it i find that because i was waiting for the chili to like hit and as I kind of finished the sip, it kicked in at the end and like, it's still right now lingering a little bit. Like it's just this like subtle little burn lets you know it's there, but it's still polite. I get that too. Um, that last comment I just said, I hadn't swallowed the beer yet. I still had a mouthful of beer. So, but yeah, it's got Did a little bit your parents bit of- tell you not to podcast with your mouthful? Come on, <laughs> you learned that when you're young. Kids, kids nowadays actually probably, you know, it was like, don't talk with your uh, mouthful at the dinner table. But now it's like, don't stream while you're drinking a Monster Energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> but it's product placement, mom. Exactly. I'm getting sponsored for this. And then like, what about the the mushrooms? Are they, are they coming through? Well, that's the thing with chaga is, I mean, chaga is used for like people drink it in teas and extracts for medicinal reasons. As far as like a culinary thing, I don't, I'm not familiar with what type of flavor it might have because I've never eaten it Mm -hmm. or even really drank anything that's potently Mm chaga-ish. So, I mean, I guess there there is a bit of an earthy flavor for sure, kind of like a sort of woodsy sort of, like kind of musky in a good way. Mm -hmm. But like more of a move, yeah. more of a umami thing than an actual yeah, flavor yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's like it's definitely like a savory beer, right? Like versus versus sweet. Like the chocolate malt gives it that nice color and um, gives it kind of that that base. But I find it's yeah more of like a savory beer. I have a really good memory of when uh, I think I don't know if it was the last time I had this beer, but I think it was one of the first times I tried this beer. I brought a bottle back from Quenelle and. Casey Foster, who we had on one of our previous episodes from from House of Funk, this was in his er, kind of early home brewing days, and we were hanging out on his uh, patio, uh, and he had the boil going, and I was you know throwing in a couple hops there, but we split a bottle of this, and it was like a sweet homebrew day. So uh, let's see. Since the last time we spoke, um, has there been anything locally that's really stood out for for you beer wise? And seemed to be a lot of releases kind of coming up and out of nowhere, really, just before Christmas. Well, me and Luke actually just picked up a couple interesting uh, dark seasonal beers from Legacy. Um, I was dropping off the Barkerville Brews uh, for Luke, and we popped in a Legacy. And um, Twin Sales, they just brewed. Well, I shouldn't say just brewed. I think it was maybe a month or two ago. But um, it's like a pretzel beer. Mm. 
So like a, a dessert beer, I think it's got marshmallows, pretzels, sea salt, a bunch of other stuff in there. But got that one in the fridge now. And that sounds like a really interesting beer to try. I know a lot of uh, the other local beer bloggers and grammars, they've been posting about it. And it's like I haven't heard a bad word about it. So that, I think that's going to be on deck for this weekend. Yeah. And we we also grabbed the the Andina, what is it, a cherry... Yeah, dark uh, or oh, uh, black that. black cherry stout. Black cherry yeah. stout, yeah. I need to go down and pick that up before it's gone. Yeah, so those two for sure for the weekend. Yeah, and we've talked before, I think, about Ben Greenberg out of Andina and how he's just killing it. I don't think he, like, every beer that they make now. Well, that chocolate mocha stout that they had was just, oh, that was so good a few months ago. Like, I think it was, I think it was 10%. Like, it, it was up there. Like, it was it was a big boy. They've got like, I feel like they've got like dessert stouts, like pretty dialed. They've got their fruited sours dialed. And then they're making some of the best hazy pale ales and hazy IPAs Mm -hmm. in the province. So what really can't they do at this point? Yeah, exactly. Um, I got to give a shout out to Xander and Monkey Nine. He dropped off a crowler uh, of um, the beer that we brewed. And so it was another Icelandic sour. Um, but with may, made with some Finnish hops, which was very interesting. So Blue Lagoon is the name of the beer. Uh, no, Brew Lagoon. Brew Lagoon as a play on Blue Lagoon. And um, yeah, that came out really nice. So Is that available at Monkey Nine right now? It is available at Monkey Nine right now. And they, uh, they're selling crawlers of everything they have on tap. So That's unreal. Yeah. And so, yeah, so Xander, uh, who was previously at Altitude. So yeah, he's got some pale ales there and Cali Commons and... All that, all that stuff. Are the bowling lanes open? Oh, I need to double check because I mean that is the best part of that place is uh, is the bowling, bowling and tots. I've been there for a birthday, like a friend's birthday, and it is very refreshing to like go bowling, but also be able to have good beer at the same time. Normally, you go bowling, and then someone goes up and gets a shitty pitcher of bud, and you're still stoked because like you know you've got beer and you're bowling, like it's a good time. But at Monkey Nine, like you go up and you can like get a nice like IPA or you can get, you know, a nice brown ale or you can get an Icelandic. Uh, what was the style? Blue, yeah, uh, yeah, the Iceland- yeah, the Icelandic sour. Yeah. You can get an Icelandic sour while you're bowling. How many places do that? I don't think very many. Just no. one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like half the lanes are 10 pin, the other half are uh, five pin. So yeah. What's your so, preference? 10 or five? You know. My 10 pin old, old school classic. That's so, a hot take. I'm yeah. the same. Yeah. Five pin. Five pin's way better. That's for five pins for people with weak arms. Yeah. <laughs> me. <laughs> Preaching to the choir, bud. Weak arms and small hands. I don't got small hands, man. Why? Like, com- compared to Kawhi Leonard, maybe, but like, come on. <laughs> the problem is Chris throws the, the 10 pin, the, yeah, the 10 pin eight pound ball down the five pin lane. <laughs> strike every time <laughs> whatever it takes to get a strike man five pin okay f- here, here's my opinion five pin the ball is smaller yes it is easier to throw yes it is also easier to throw a wicked curve with which to me is more fun the 10 pin you try to curve that thing if you're not warmed up properly no your technique's wrong but my you technique can't, is you... definitely wrong but yeah. <laughs> i mean the grandma between the legs. No, that's not the technique to curve that ball. You you gotta you gotta throw it out, spin it, and spin it like a uh, like a curling stone. Well, nobody told me that. No, you know, it's hard. To, you know, when you get the rack up there, the assist, like the the one that you know, the, I think it's it's for people that like me that are really experienced bowlers. Mm-hmm. And you set it at the top, and you just give it a little nudge, and it rolls down for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't really give it that proper spin, you know. Yeah, easier on the arms though. And and when you have the bumpers up, you know that kills your spin as well. Okay, I, I don't use bumpers. I'm not going to go that far. Okay, like you, you sewered me enough here. But throwing a wicked spin down a lane with two bumpers up—that's just anything can happen at that point. That's anarchy, man. That's complete chaos. So like, I'm not even drinking, and I've had a crazy idea here. Um, when we get the all clear, and we can hang out a little more freely with each other, I think we need to have dregs take overnight at monkey nine here and just go bowling crazy man and any friends of the podcast that listen you know 
come on down. Let's, let's, let's go knock some pins over, man, and drink some beer and celebrate the fact that we can hang out again. Yeah. I should probably start making calls now to, um, to buses that will pick up the parents in Quinell and take them to monkey nine. It's a bit of a long trek, but I'd say like, it's totally worth it. Especially if you want to see the live recording, like yeah. uh, we'll, we'll set up the website. I got Ticketmaster on the, on the line. Yeah. I mean, buses are definitely in our budget at the moment. Um, but you know, if, uh, you know, big old uh, Labatt wants to join the sponsorship program here, even though they're big, bad, dirty beer. Um, you know, we'll have private jets from Quinell come down and yep. uh, take you bowling. So, private, dude, the, the, the planes you take, the planes you take into Quinell, they're almost private jets already. So <laughs> I, it's like no different. <laughs> I've been on those things, and uh, yeah, there's like 18 people on. There. <laughs> I got on there, and then I like basically volunteered to be the the flight stewardess. Oh yeah. So, all right. So as you guys enjoy that beer, oh, it looks like, looks like Chris is done. The big question is, is he going to go hardcore and open that high stakes as well? I mean, Ooh, the stakes have never been higher. Well, they were pretty high on last episode, but, uh, did you finish that Porter just now? The whole thing? I finished about one quarter of the beer. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I'll wait then. (laughs) We talked a little bit about the labels with with Aaron from Barkerville. Yeah. The prescription porter label is probably one of my favorites in terms of the colors that they used. And they've mm-hmm. got this really cool Luke can probably describe this better. It's kind of like a holo, not holographic. Uh what what would you call this Luke? Metallic. Metallic, that's what I was looking for. Orange metallic like that. That's a that's a good look. Yeah, it's it's really their label game is for sure like one of the top in the province. Yeah. Like we, I mentioned it like, yeah, shout out to a friend of the podcast, Steve at uh, ambient um, down there in Portland, just solid label designer. He's uh he did the whole rebranding for uh full sale as well. Recently, beautiful job that he did on the full sale cans. Um, for those that don't know full sale, including myself, where are they located? Uh, in Hood River down in Oregon. And like, uh-huh. they're, they're one of the original, like big ones, like right up there with Deschutes in terms of like size and history. Right. So the other thing I really appreciate about Barkerville's branding is kind of the story they tell with their beers. And like there, so many of the beers are rooted in history, like some like prescription Porter, it's more of kind of a wordplay to, you know, Barkerville. But Aaron uh, talked about the Ant Flow, uh, Ant Florence beer and kind of the story behind that. And it's, you know, actually named after uh, after a person that lived in Barkerville back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that, you know, a lot of these uh, beers have a deeper meaning to them um, is, is pretty cool and obviously makes sense for for brewery named uh, after after Barkerville. And Chris, what is in Barkerville proper? Because Barkerville Brewing is in Quinell. But Barkerville mm-hmm. itself is a tiny little, it's a mining town, correct? Yeah. And and now it's more of kind of like a historical like museum. Um, so it's, it's a bit of like, it's like a tourist attraction right now. So you go there and they've got a little kind of museum slash gift shop. And then you can actually walk through, you can walk through Barkerville. And in the summer you can go in like they have, you know, uh, they have the courthouse that you can walk in and you can kind of sit down and hang out. They'll have people that are, are actors dressed in full costume that uh-huh. are like walking around and interacting with people, which is, it was pretty in- entertaining. Yeah. A bunch of stuff there. You can go uh, gold panning there. Um, they'll have someone teach you how to gold pan, which is a very labor intensive process. It is not easy to get that little couple flakes of gold uh, that, that that you walk away with after you've done that. If you're lucky, you can yeah. spend half an hour and you, you might not get anything. But yeah, it's cool. In in the winter, they actually just like in the parking lot, they've got this huge um, tube, like tube slide thing set up now. So last last winter when I was up visiting my parents, we actually went and, and did that. It was like a pretty intense tube slide. And then we went and walked through Barkerville afterwards. But yeah, it's when if you're in elementary school in Quinell, like one of the things I think all kids do is you go on your school field trip to Barkerville and they kind of teach you about the history of it. You get to walk to the cemetery. I remember as a kid being like, Oh my God, there's like dead people buried here. Like it was like <laughs> just freaking, freaking you out as a kid. You're like, I'm like, I'm 11. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to learn about this. <laughs> Take me back to go gold pan. Like, 
That's a way cooler school trip than mine, man. We went to the sewage treatment plant. Really? Yeah. <laughs> also important, but yeah, I feel like I'd rather go to Barkerville. And they actually had like the person that was showing us around like dressed up in different costumes. And it was like meant to be like a Carmen San Diego adventure through the sewage treatment plant. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably that employee's best day of the year. Oh, totally. 100%. Oh, the kids are coming. I get to dress up like a detective. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brooke is tossing around a bottle cap in the kitchen. She can't catch it. <laughs> I heard that. Sorry, Aaron. I totally thought that was one of the kittens, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's my lovely wife. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, Chris, is it high stakes time? more of a low stakes guy personally like big big fan of playing it safe but i'd say you're more of a medium rare stakes so. Ooh. <laughs> well let, uh, you're peer pressuring me so i guess i'll uh get a little wild here all right go big and stay home volume two right i was just gonna say on the label it says go big or go home <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we can never yeah. repeat what happened. Okay. <laughs> we can only move forward. So what uh, was everybody, everybody's holiday experience like? Um, I was uh, on a laptop in the corner of my parents' uh, place on a video call watching everybody else open up presents except me. And that was, that was my Christmas experience. <laughs> uh, but you had that amazing sous vide dinner, didn't you? I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, went over to... Um, my friend's place here in the neighborhood is part of my bubble here and had an excellent Christmas dinner all planned out. Afternoon's been going great. Lots of lovely drinks were had. Amazing food. Um, and we're just getting ready for the big final push because we've we've had the starter. We've had like the appetizers throughout the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now it's getting time for the main course. Like, yeah, we had an excellent cheese spread. Um, I made these uh, vegan, quote unquote, smoked salmon canapes where it was ribbons of carrots uh, marinated in like a brine that I made with nori and smoked paprika for 24 hours with cream cheese and um, crackers. So when are you opening a restaurant? Yeah, well, you know, maybe. <laughs> but, or when are you making you know, me and Luke dinner? <laughs> when we can hang out there. here. Yeah. <laughs> That's we'll just their canapes. There. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then I made a um, vanilla bean and parsnip soup, which was a fantastic little starter there. So, yeah, so that was just the starter. So we're all excited for dinner. You know, a friend and I, like her and I are coordinating, getting everything ready. Her partner's, you know, setting the table. We're all good to go. Um, but they have a um, an open fireplace in their apartment. And uh, so they started started the fireplace up, even though it was 10 degrees on Christmas Day. You know, it was just like, oh, we need a Christmas fire. So like, you know, he started the fire. And, you know, it was, you know, it was nice. The ambience was nice. It was great. And so uh, he went and he chucked um, like an eco log that he got, which is like, you know, like the pr- compressed wood, mm-hmm. you know, re- recycled eco-friendly log thing. Chucks it in um, and it just backed up a little bit in the fireplace and came out into the apartment and set off the fire alarm in the apartment. Oh, and no. so, so he's fanning the fire fire alarm. I run over and open their balcony door and like, I'm fanning, you know, just to get it out. Yeah. And I yell at him. I'm like, dude, push the button, man. And he's like, there's no button on this thing. And I'm like, there's always a button on a fire alarm, man. He's like, well, open the front door, get a cross breeze going. So I crack the front door and I continue fanning like out the balcony way. Meanwhile, a little bit of smoke went into the hallway and set off the building alarm. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And so, yes, we masked up and we all had to go outside in the rain at 6 p.m. on Christmas Day and wait for the fire department (laughs) to arrive. But so what was the conversation like in the parking lot with other people? Like, oh, who set that off? She's racist about that dinner and you got to... Everybody that was in great spirits about it, man. Like, 
Like my friend, he was just like, man, I ruined Christmas. I'm like, what are you talking about? You've made this Christmas more memorable than anything. Yeah. And like, it was just going to be a drag. And I'm like, look at this. All the dogs get to go out and have a wee instead of coming out later. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody's just like, oh, 2020, eh? Yeah. We just put dinner down on the table. What do you know? And he's like, oh, it's all going to be cold. I'm like, we all have microwaves, man. Like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so, and then everybody's taking selfies with the fire truck, you know, and yeah, so, yeah. you know, so that we get the all clear and the alarm goes off and we're all going back inside, you know, and we're all socially distanced and masked up, you know, and doing our thing and walking back up. And I come around the corner, just about to come back to their floor. And this old man just comes racing down the stairs in the opposite direction, just like wide eyed, looks at me and he goes, oh man, I left my wife in the car. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so twists and turns yeah so like instead of just standing out in the rain like their car was parked out front so they just went and sat in their car and he just went back in the house and forgotten them. his wife in the car so that guy was hungry for christmas dinner yeah yeah so anyway that was christmas dinner and uh yeah it was see memorable christmas look you'll I never forget that man me- memorable christmas but yeah no no that turkey came out fantastic you know, I really don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but man, I nailed it with that hol- holiday sauce that I make. Um, it's basically a vegetarian gravy. It's like butternut squash base with Yukon gold potatoes, carrots, onions, and sage. And um, yeah, cook that bad boy up. And You know, I think Aaron's trying to do to us with food what we're doing to him right now with beer. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Where we just describe it. Well, I'm not going to say I describe beer beautifully because that'd be false. <laughs> Luke probably does a better job, but Aaron describing this dinner is just like killing me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That did you say vanilla bean and parsnip parsnip soup? Mm -hmm. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just earthy, but like, it wasn't like overpowering vanilla. It was just that little bit of sweetness just to cut the earthiness. Right. Yeah. Which I could imagine is uh, the, Chaga beer that you guys just enjoyed, like something like that. Exactly. Um, this high stakes, I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a bit of a rewind. <laughs> and uh, play Luke uh, last episode. Yeah. It, it was an instant hit, wasn't it? Like just. What fruit will he describe himself as today? <laughs> oh, geez. Some aggressive fruit for sure. <laughs> Well played. All right, guys. So uh, any big activities coming up for the Van Pours guys? Like what? what's in the works? <laughs> <laughs> well, while you take think that, about that, I think that, we, I, while you think about, know. yeah, well, I mean, while you guys think about that, I mean, I think we should really just go to the segment that everybody comes here for. That's Luke's moment of wisdom. It's, this, it's that time in the episode. Luke, what do, what do you got for us this week? Oh, okay. I keep forgetting this comes every episode. Um, I guess my piece of advice to anybody out there listening today might be there is no gas station between Williams Lake and Quinell. Um, I went up, I was driving up to Prince George. My wife has some family up there and we were visiting um, or going on our way to visit. And I was just driving through Williams Lake. I stopped at Tim Hortons, whatever, grabbed a coffee and a everything bagel with urban garlic cream cheese, as one Black does that any Tim Hortons. And probably about, I, I want to say a kilometer, but it was probably only like 30 meters outside of Williams Lake. My gas light went on and I looked at a map and I there's a few smaller, I, I, I don't know if to call them towns or just sort of neighborhoods. There's Soda Creek, Alexandria. Is it, does this all ring a bell, Chris? Alexandria. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, me neither. Anyways, I figured there'd be a gas station at one of these and the distance between Williams and Williams Lake and Quinell is, I don't know. Is it a hundred K? Just over a hundred K. Yeah. So I just, I just went for it instead of turning around to Williams Lake and honestly, thank God that the last, you know, several kilometers into Quinell are sort of flat or maybe a little bit downhill <laughs> because I came coasting in. That being said, I did 
pull over at the first gas station in coming into Quinnell on the Seriously. left-hand side, driving yep. north. Yep. I know what, exactly what you're talking about. What a beauty of a place. I pulled oh, it's in. So these, cool. I filled up right away because I didn't want the car to just completely run on empty. So I quickly filled up. I went inside and the the two ladies there were so nice. They yep. they looked at me. I must have looked stressed out as hell. She's like, let me make you a sandwich. And they have a little <laughs> jelly there. They She made me like this gourmet ham and cheese sandwich. It was all grilled and melted. It was probably one of the best sandwiches I've had in a long time around then. And um, yeah, they just welcomed me into Quinell with gas and ham and cheese. What better way? Am I right? Yeah, this, but no, it was it was so cool. They were they were super nice. But uh, if you get a gas light turn on anywhere outside of Williams Lake and you're driving north, just turn around. It's only going to take you ten minutes to get back, fill up, grab a coffee, grab another bagel because you already ate that one, and then exactly. make your way up to Quinell go to Barkerville. And I love how you accidentally just came up with the title of your memoir. <laughs> what, what is that? I got to hear this. Gas and ham and cheese. <laughs> Gas and Perfect. ham and cheese. <laughs> okay, Luke, I did the same thing as you in the summer. I was driving back to Quinell and I got, I got into Williams Lake and I probably i can't remember but i probably stopped at that same tim's for a snack and i'm like ah, i got enough gas and i got like i want to say 20 kilometers outside of quinell and i started freaking out i'm like oh my god why didn't i gas up in williams lake i'm such an idiot like like you said like am i gonna have to coast it like into quinell like this is gonna this is gonna get sus real quick and i got to kersley like you said and went and gassed up there and it's so funny because you go up to, to to pump the gas and you're like you got your like an idiot you got your credit card out and you're like where does the credit card go <laughs> and they're like uh yeah this thing doesn't take credit card you got to go inside and pay and cash is preferred like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm it was pretty hilarious and, and let me guess, those pumps don't have a digital display like it's the old like turning over oh, numbers yeah. on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at it right now on Google Street View. And Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. It's the gas station in Curlsley. Oh, my God. Exactly. Curlsley. Oh, my God. You but that. Wow. Never come to Quinell again. It's um, connected to the Alamo, which is the restaurant. Yeah, it's like a restaurant slash like a uh, general store. Yes. And that's where I had my ham and cheese sandwich. Wicked place. If you're ever driving BC 97 North, Mm -hmm. stop at the Alamo, get some gas, get some ham. Remember the Alamo. Get some gas, get a panic sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Another fun fact about Kersley, they have a wicked uh, little hockey rink there. It's like in this building that's like super old school. It's freezing cold if you go in the winter. And yeah, it's just sweet. Go there, uh, you can like rent out the ice, pretty reasonable. Rip a few shots around. Well, um, speaking of uh, skating rinks and beer, um, my latest episode that came out on my podcast is uh, the Empty Keg in Merritt, um, and they're right next to the rink. You can, and uh, the owner there has a skate sharpener in there, so you can no go way. in, drop your skates off, get them sharpened, have a beer, go over, have a skate. That is such a Canadian thing. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. That's like, how has nobody thought about that before? Like you go in, you grab a beer and you get your skate sharpened at the same time. Yeah. Now I just need skates. <laughs> <laughs> you're just thinking to yourself, you go in there like, what else can I get sharpened? Oh, like, do oh, you, yeah. do you just do skates? Like I've got, I've got a bunch of new HB2 pencils in my car. What yeah. can you do with those? Yeah. Different machine. You never know, man. I bet you could. I bet you could sharpen a pencil on a skate sharpener. Oh, for sure. Didn't you could do anything with anything? Remember MythBusters? Didn't they cook a full turkey dinner inside a car, like in an engine under a hood? Was I the only one that watched MythBusters? Apparently, people just like make food in warm water now. So I don't know. Like times <laughs> are fucking changing, man. They think shit's crazy now. It's delicious. Um, what should our new year's resolutions be i want to hear it okay so 
I don't really do resolutions. I do themes to the year and I'm still trying to figure out my theme. Mm. That's why we need somebody to tell you what your theme is. And then you just lock into it. Like just, it's like picking it out of a, you just click, hop into that inbox, Thunderdog inbox, click on the first email you see. Maybe there is only one makes it easy. (laughs) And then you just absolutely commit to it. Maybe it's spam. And then you know what? You're hopping on a phone call with, uh, someone from Prague um, about expanding your marketing port- portfolio, but whatever, got to lock into it. <laughs> okay. <correct. laughs> I mean, so since those emails don't come to me, when you send them to Thunderdog at the dregs that beer, they get, they get sent to Luke. Um, so Luke's assignments for these episodes already is the love guru and now the theme guru. So uh, I'm still waiting for my first email. So oh if anybody wants to be, you know, first in line, whether it's Luke's mom, if you're listening, theme for the please, year, instead or, of texting him, like reach out via email. He he needs it right now. Please do. Um, yeah, whether it's a a love guru match potential or a theme for the year, please send it through. I am staring at my phone, constantly refreshing that account on the browser please send an email through. I'd love to hear from you. What about kitten names? Have you named your two new cats? Actually, that's a great idea as well. If and it, We have not because they are so new to us here and they are still quite standoffish and they're a little bit, we're kind of waiting to get to know them, to name them. So um, what better way to name them is somebody that doesn't know them at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'd be pissed off name. I'd be pissed off too if you just called me cat one or cat two. Like that could get old pretty quick. So, uh, so far that's the case. If they're going to be beer related, there's already two cat names of somebody in the beer industry that have already been taken. You cannot call them Citra or Simcoe. So pick another hop or Marlo as well. Marlo. Yeah. That was the dagger. No, yeah. Marlo. And it's interesting because they're, they're both, Two little black cats, which are just like Marlo was, correct? Is, mm-hmm. was, is. Yeah. So don't is. call them Marlo 2 and Marlo 3. Like, try to yeah. come up with something original here. So, yeah, send it along. You know, you could, could call them Chris the second and Chris the third, if they're cool, that is. Like, if you you kind of said they're, they're a little bit dickish, so I don't know if I really want my name attached to that. But uh, if you need some ideas. Actually, here you go. If you're going to name them hops, here's some two hop names. Name one of them El Dorado and the other one Zappa. So there's like a Frank Zappa, which is where the name for the Zappa hops come from. So, Zappa. so whoever is, whoever's the cool cat is Zappa. So Zappa's pretty cool. I like that. Shout out mm-hmm. to Zappa and Zero on Instagram. Some local uh, beer bloggers as well. Mm-hmm. I like those names. El Dorado. That's a badass name. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish I was named El Dorado. Chris, if you were named El Dorado, though, you wouldn't be able to bowl five pin. That would just be out of the question. You'd have to go 10? Yeah. You might have to go 15 pin if your name's <laughs> El Dorado. 10 pins probably like, you're like, ah, I've <laughs> done that enough. I mean, you're aggressive enough. We could call you El Dorado. <laughs> it's true. I sense a name sticking here. <laughs> El Dorado's a real shoot from the hip kind of name, you know? Yep. Let's see. What's another? Uh, Topaz. Topaz is another hop. Here you go. I wonder if there's one of the eight hops in the high stakes that could be like Chinook. Hmm. Oh, if the cat is Australian, you can name him Vic Secret. Vic Secret. That's or Galaxy. Galaxy is cool. The, The cat's name is Galaxy, but it thinks the Earth is flat. Hot take. <laughs> or, or it's a flat cat that can't stand up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. All right, guys. Another fun episode. Can't wait to be drinking beers again with you uh, on the next episode. As I am yeah, dry. So please email us. What, should, what crazy things should Aaron do next month? Because this month he's not drinking any beer. I say next month you don't drink any water. Just completely flip the switch. Go dry, no. go dry. <laughs> that's dry February. And you just hopefully you don't become a raisin. Like that's all I'm saying. <laughs> just from one extreme to the other. 
Yeah. And uh, have to rename the podcast to uh, from just the dregs to dregs in the pickle. Exactly. Um, so. And if you're complaining to us about something, we can just say, ah, oh, quit being briny. All right, boys. Uh, if people want to find out more about you and follow you and any article you have coming up, how do they do? How do they do that? Where do they go? At Van Pores on all social channels, or you can hit up vanpores.com. Sweet. And Thunderdog at thedregs.beer is the email address that you'll be sending your correspondence to. Uh, I'm at Cascadian Beer Podcast on Instagram and Cascadian Beer on Facebook and Twitter. And Cascadian.beer is my website. And you, Thanks, guys. And you can also find us on 72.3 AM radio in Quinnell. Within a 300-meter <laughs> radius of the Quinnell city center. Or the Alamo. <laughs> Actually, I feel like if we do drop a box off, it has to be in the parking lot of the Alamo just to really like give them the full experience of this episode. Yeah, because that'll be the real indicator for Luke next time he forgets to gas up in Williams Lake is he'll turn his radio to the dregs radio station. And when it starts coming into range, it'll start being fuzzy and be like, I'm saved. The gas station's almost there. (laughs) And he's like, oh shit, I've got an electric car. (laughs) all right have fun be safe guys see ya cheers boys